Dinah Lance is a fighter, and her one-woman war is against the czars of crime, the frightened men who dread the blonde bombshell, otherwise known as Black Canary. Welcome to another episode of Flowers and Fishnets, a Black Canary podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Daly, and today I don't have any comics to review. Instead, I'm going to recap my experience at Boston Comic Con last weekend and finally get to some listener feedback. Boston Con is the biggest comic convention in my area, so I get really excited for it, especially because the con has grown in popularity and prestige over the last couple of years. But I didn't get to go last year, and I didn't think I was going to be able to go this year, so I didn't plan for it. I didn't line up any sketches. I didn't even know who was attending. No idea what artists or celebrities would be there or what panels they were hosting. Well, the stars aligned, and my buddy Paul and I got to go on Sunday. Now, we live in northern Vermont, like spitting distance from the Canadian border, so it's a three-hour drive to Beantown. But we left early, we found a cheap parking garage half a mile away, and we got a great spot in line about an hour and a half before the doors opened. We were probably among the first 50 people to walk in when the con started. We step inside the Seaport Convention Center, and it's a cavernous hall of vendor booths and artist tables, and absolutely nobody in our way of meeting our favorite artists and creators. So naturally, the first thing Paul and I did was sprint to the men's room, because we'd been in the car for three hours and in line outside in the sun for another 90 minutes. When I got out of the bathroom, though, there are 5,000 people in front of me. But it was still a really good con. I had a ton of fun. I went to the IDW panel to see if they had any news about G.I. Joe... They did not, unfortunately, Uh, but I did hear Joe Hill talk about Lock and Key, which is a book I highly recommend, and also Joe Hill looks and sounds exactly like his father. Uh, If you don't know who that is, look it up. More pertinent to this show, however, I saw Annie Wu, the artist of the current Black Canary comic, and I got to talk to her, albeit briefly. I chickened out on asking her to record a teaser for this podcast, and unfortunately, since this con was almost a last-minute adventure and I didn't plan accordingly, I forgot to bring my copy of Issue 1 to have her sign. Well, thankfully, my very own superhero came through at clutch time. Ange, who you ought to know from the Supergirl blog Comic Box Commentary, and a frequent commenter on this show and my other podcasts, Ange went to Boston Con all three days, and we finally got a chance to meet face-to-face. It was awesome. He got some amazing Supergirl sketches for his collection. I'm so jealous. He's been posting the sketches on his blog and on Twitter. You should definitely check them out. Anyway, Ange got a copy of the limited edition Black Canary band poster that went out to certain comic stores last month. I was never able to score a copy of the poster, so Ange got an extra copy for me. And more than that, Ange got Annie Wu to sign the poster for me. It's so cool. I will be sure to post this picture on the blog. I told Ange that made him my best friend. Which turned awkward because Paul can get strangely possessive in situations like this. 
But I think he and Ange got along fine. I mean, I, I saw them speaking privately for a minute while I was meeting the artist Jay Bone. After that, though, it was weird. I didn't see Ange. Paul told me he said he was double-parked and had to leave abruptly. I didn't know. That didn't sound right. It didn't really make sense, but, I mean, I guess I wasn't there. And then Paul bought me some nachos and reminded me that, hey, hey, he drove us to the con and he didn't even ask me to chip in for gas. And we left not too long after that. Like I said, it was a great show. I had a blast. I hope Ange knows how much I appreciate meeting him and how much I appreciate the signed poster. I haven't talked to him since the show. He isn't answering any of my tweets or direct messages. Strange... Almost like something scared him away. I I can't imagine what. Weird. Anyway, that was my experience at the con. Really great. The last two episodes of Flowers and Fishnets received Twitter favorites and retweets from Amy, Ange, Brendan Fletcher, Charlton Hero, Craig Lives Here, Diablo Frank, Dr. G, Nerdologist, DS and RS, Ed Moore, Ed Moore Jr., and yet another Ed Moore... Anigo Montoya, Greg Barr, Jacob Edwards, Cord Industries, Kyle Benning, Laura Simmons, Loretta Shrupp, Rolled Spine Podcast, and Trekker Talk. Jacob Edwards tweeted, Check out the newest episode of this sweet Black Canary podcast. Thank you, Jacob. I hope you're still enjoying the show. Craig Lives here said he didn't notice the reduced page count in Black Canary issue 2, possibly because he reads the book digitally. You know... I didn't notice it was that short either until I had to write the story synopsis. That might be an interesting psychological phenomenon to study, how reading a comic digitally, especially with something like the guided view experience on comiXology, how that might affect your perception of the story's length. Somebody should look into that. I won't, but somebody should. Onto the blogger page, episode 13 got an anonymous comment that said, This new Black Canary Monthly invigorated Dinah Drake Lance as a character. She was too vanilla during the new 52 Birds of Prey days. I feel like the Batgirling of Canary injected new life on her character. Gone were the days of the heartbroken soldier wife. This fresh take on D, while not groundbreaking, fits her very well. Love the first two issues thus far. Ange said, I didn't know much of the Canary's new 52 history, and as a result, I had to keep telling myself to simply ignore continuity as I read this. I just kept thinking, how can she be undercover as a singer when she is famous as Black Canary? But then I said, for all I know, she isn't famous. So having Dinah strike out in this sort of oddball superhero rock star horror tangent might be the best way to put the stink of the new 52 behind her. I don't know if I would call it fun, but I will call it engaging. The artwork has a scratchy, grungy feel, which is perfect for the tone and style of the book, so I think it is a perfect fit. I'm in as long as it grabs me. Yeah, and she wasn't famous as Black Canary because she wasn't a member of the Justice League. She wasn't a real superhero, but a government fugitive. And we agree on the art, grungy yes, but totally fitting the story. Chris Franklin from the Supermates podcast said, A few years back, I would have called this nuts and written it off as DC losing their minds. But that DC is dead and buried, and their continuity is a total wreck. Compared to the travesties they are inflicting upon Superman, this looks like a breath of fresh air. It really is, Chris. It really is. And hey, by the way, speaking of Chris Franklin and the Supermates podcast, if you haven't already, check out the latest episode, which features yours truly talking about Batman the Animated Series, specifically the best villains of the show. Mark Sweeney from the blog I'm the Gun said, Really appreciate your enthusiastic take on Josie and the, I mean Black Canary. 
This fresh take on the Pretty Bird seems to have a lot going for it. Reviews like this are wearing me down to the point that I'll be giving this a shot. And Craig McDonald said, I bought Black Canary number one digitally from the DC's website and quite enjoyed it. I wasn't a fan of the free preview that had been released previously, but this was quite fun. The villains and supporting cast are interesting, though it seems like the series is ignoring a fair bit of Dinah's continuity. From what I gather, Black Canary has made some appearances in the current Batgirl title, but I haven't been reading it. Though I do have the most recent trade on order from Amazon, so I'll check it out. Between this, the new Doctor Fate series, Brian Hitch's Justice League of America, and the announced miniseries for Firestorm and Metamorpho, it looks like I'll finally be reading some DC books again. Well, Craig, I assume by now you've got the Batgirl of Burnside trade and that you've seen the sort of backdoor pilot for the Black Canary series in that book. And as for the other comics you're reading or planning to read, I admit that I'm curious about Doctor Fate. It looks so different from classic Doctor Fate that I'm kind of hesitant to check it out. But then again, this Black Canary comic is just as different, so maybe I need to open my mind a little bit to the new fate. On to episode 14, Chris Franklin said, It will be interesting to see how they reconcile her new 52 history here. How do you hide out by playing in a band with your old code name? Not very well, it seems, because Dinah's past is catching up to her, we see. Ange agreed with Chris and continued to praise Annie Wu's art on the book. He also said, I don't mind the living husband because that is a decent hook, but like you, I also felt like this was a super quick read. Martin Gray made some embarrassing attempt at humor about the brevity of the episode, and he asked if I talked to Brendan Fletcher about why issue two was so short. Well, I did talk to Brendan Fletcher about it, and he said that both issues 2 and 3 will be 16 pages, unfortunately. That's the way DC is packaging the book, and it has nothing to do with the creative end. I'm sure that it's not to do with Brendan or Annie falling behind on deadlines. I know that they want to cram in as much story for our money as possible. And Brendan also confirmed that this is the same Dinah from the New 52, which means she has all of the baggage and the craptacular history from that volume of Birds of Prey and Team 7. But he said that he's taking responsibility for her character history. He used that phrase, and he said he's going to use it to enhance the character. You know what? I couldn't ask for any more than that. It wasn't his mess, but he's owning it, and he's making something of it. That shows professionalism, that shows commitment, and it shows me that he freaking cares about the story he's telling and the characters. So I'm going to ride with it. And that does it for this episode of Flowers and Fishnets. Another short one I know. Come back next time for a review of Black Canary Issue 3, most likely. If you enjoyed the show, you can leave a comment on the blogger page, blackcanaryfan.blogspot.com. There you can contact me with any questions or comments. You can also find me on Facebook and on Twitter using the handle at blackcanaryfan or at ryandaily01. Or you can search the username Count Droncula. Flowers and Fishnets is not affiliated with DC Comics, and the views expressed on the show are mine alone. All music, audio clips, and quoted text are used for entertainment purposes and are believed covered under fair use. And I make no money off this podcast, so no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening. Say I paid, but